So I don't know why I don't know why I did that. Um, I think that's the second time in a couple of days it has done that. Maybe because I have so much shit going on with it, mm-hmm. so it put up a blue screen immediately when it turned off. But I have to investigate that and find out what's going on. Um, but what I was saying was, your mother died, my mom died. Right. Your mother knew how creative you was as far as music goes, right? Right. She did encourage you music uh, to to pursue music, right? She was she was behind it. She invested in it, a lot of different things. She yep. Okay. So during the process of that, uh, did you did you take time out to actually grieve, or did you just keep on going with life? Because you had a kid at the time, right? I was when she died. My she died right after Ayana was born. Okay. So okay. all within that same year. So 2004, she was born. So 2008 is where she died. So four years in. She not, and she never even met my daughter. Mm. She had been living in Jersey for them four years. Okay. Yeah. So did, did your creativity, did it, did, that, did it drop? Did you care about doing music at that point? Uh, after she passed, I had like a little dry spell i think i was i had a dry spell for like six months or so and i kind of grieved i don't agree i didn't grieve fully because i you know the show goes on i had to you know what I'm saying, provide for my family and shit like that so it was one of them things where it kind of like took time out to myself you know what i'm saying mourned my mom a little bit cried here and there but it wasn't really a full recognition of what that loss really meant you know what i'm saying so it was mm-hmm. like it was more like the shock of it all because my mom always been there and now she's not there. So like, how do I reconcile that? But yet still be available for my kids, for my family in general. How do I be, you know what I'm saying, it's still active? This is like a new, this is like un, unexplored territory. Yeah, it's a new level. It's a new level, especially for me because mine is so new and I'm like a month into it. Right. And I, during that period, like there was so much to do and to catch up to that I, I couldn't, like I'm just now finding time to kind of like grasp my reality and and everything that I everything that I was trying to do at one point, and then right. now that I'm looking at it now I'm like holy shit, oh fuck like it shit come at you fast, bro. It come yeah. at you fast, and when you do like the, I think what it is is like we as men, excuse me, we kind of we we take on a role, an unwritten role. It's almost like expected that we become this particular entity in this in this scenario for our family or our loved ones. So it's like, you got to be the backbone, even though nobody's ever said, hey, you're going to be the backbone, but you know it's already innate in you to be the backbone. It's, it's innate for you to be the guy that holds people down. You know what I'm saying? And uh, like I, like when, when me and my brother, we went through it and I knew his grieving process was always going to be different than mine because I knew his relationship with my mom was different than mine. But I also knew that I had to be the one to kind of hold it down. I, I was the one that had to kind of keep keep the, the 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 ship afloat, per se. Because also, keep in mind, I still had my own family I was trying to you know, provide for. So it was like, how do I... How do I reconcile these things? And it, I, I came to an early realization though, also, and this is this ain't this is like just me shooting, you know what I'm saying, darts in the dark. But I'm looking at it from the perspective of like my mom wasn't supposed to if my we all gonna go, right? 
my mom was a giver. My mom probably had the biggest heart of anybody I've ever come in contact with in terms of like really being uh being a, a a person that actually connects with people. My mom connected with people. My mom made full bonds with people and actually was like, when it came down to it, if she had the availability and the resources, she was always going to help people. And it was, no, too. it was never no question. You know what I'm saying? My mom wasn't like apprehensive or anything. She just peeped people out, saw what their needs were. You know what I'm saying? It, we had neighbors who who uh, just couldn't manage their fucking utilities. It was a big ass house, a woman, a single mother with a bunch of kids. My mom made sure that they had fucking at least some pizza. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Bought them a shit ton of pizza for the course of the week. Made sure that she helped them get their lights back on and helped them help the mother get her resources in order so she could kind of get back on her feet. My mom was that type of person. And so when I kind of like started looking at things from a from just from a practical standpoint, I'm like, damn, that element that existed in my life is probably long gone because I don't possess that. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, I can be, I can be a very uh, giving person per se, but I'm super apprehensive about people. I, I, I grew up with my dad's mindset, like, man, people will try to play you. People will try to blah blah blah. You see what I'm saying? And my dad, I was like, put your family first. So that means that. These motherfuckers over here, if they struggling, I'll see what I could do. But my family right here is the top priority. Yeah. All times. The house, the house is first, the house over anything else. And if I have anything to give after that, then I'll then I'll see what I'll see if I, I can see what I could do. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. But no, well, nothing. My mom was never my mom made sure we was good, but my mom had no doubts in her mind that she was gonna help motherfuckers. My mom was the same way, man. I used to wonder about that. Like, why you keep giving this person $20 or this person $30 or this person $10 when we need that? What's so important? And I, I remember what she told me one time when we were uh, when we were growing up. She said, sometimes you have to understand that when you come from the South and you know what handouts are, you know what hand-me-downs are, then it's easier for you to do it. She says you, you naturally do it because you just because you know what that feels like for another person. So you just give it to make sure that other people are are straight. That way you can never say that you didn't help them out when you uh, when you had the opportunity. Well, you had the opportunity, yeah. Yeah. That's, so she so like she my, was big on that. That's how my mom was. My mom was like, and see, my mom was one of eleven. I think she was like the fourth child out of eleven kids, and. Um, the way she kind of illustrated it was like growing up with so many siblings and not really being able to have the resources because there's no way you can provide for that many damn kids, especially not in the 50s and 60s. It's just not it's not practical. So her mindset was like, well, if I got these resources and I'm blessed enough to be able to be a blessing, then let me bless. You see what I'm saying? God didn't just put me in this role as a nurse just so I could just pass meds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, that's a that's a that's a good way to view things, I guess. But she it, it instilled in me a, a different way of dealing with people because even though I might not necessarily get people physical resources in terms of helping them get things together, but I'm always informational. I'm always giving providing insight and information and directing people in, in the right way. And I, I think waste, I don't waste my words. You do know what I'm saying. And that's I think that's one of the ways I looked at it, right? From her helping so many people out and taking the time out to just give to people and help people all the time. Not only did I see it as a good thing, but it rubbed me the wrong way. So often throughout the course of my journey of this life, 
instead of just giving money to people, I'll always see what I could do to help them gain it for themselves. Cause I always felt that if I showed you how to do it and you knew how to do it, then you wouldn't be able to ask me for nothing else again. You know, and now, now it's an even playing field. And if I need something, you can help me out and I can help you out now. So now if there is a hundred dollars that's needed, well, I can go to you now. You know what I mean? See, I think what it is also is like, uh, and I think it just come down to like the, the personality of the individual. Some people think short term, some people think long term. Like my mom obviously was appealing to like the immediate, the immediate support that people needed. She wants a remedy, a quick remedy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Throw, throw, throw a quick Band-Aid on it. Because I know you, I see you starving right here, right now. I see you struggling right here, right now. I might not see you tomorrow. I might not even be able to see the outcome of whatever this difference makes, but I want to make a difference. Whereas, like, my dad was the difference in that way where he always thought, like, long-term. He was like, man, you, you, your, your, your biggest resource is your ability to actually perform. So, like, everybody has, and some capacity and ability to perform it just depends on whether or not they're willing to apply themselves in that way so kind of like again i'm and maybe i'm an asshole the way i view it though like everybody kind of make their bed and they lay in right i kind of look at like if you're out this motherfucker and you got like nine kids you know what i'm saying and you knocked up and y'all all hungry i don't know if i feel sorry for you like that you know what i'm saying that's the way I kind of viewed the world, bro. I kind of like viewed it because I, I was on the bottom. I climbed, I clawed my way all the way to fuck up, bro. And I don't know if that's bro, I don't know if that's an asshole way of looking at things. So. Because if you got nine kids, how did you get to number nine? You should have known better. How, you, at the how, first you number, how you get to number two and you got three on the way? You see what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like you can't like all mistakes are like one time one offs. You know what I'm saying? All mistakes are one time one offs. Two of them ain't mistakes after a while, especially if it's a repeated, you know what I'm saying, occurrence. So, and I'm not, again, I'm not knocking nobody for, for decision-making, but I am saying, dude, we gotta be fully aware of our decisions that we make and how they impact not just us, but the lives that we we share with people. You and know? be accountable for the uh, things that we do. Exactly, bro. Cause it's like, same thing with like these dudes out here, like dudes out here just fucking like crazy. And it ain't even a bunch of us that's doing it, bro. It ain't even a bunch of us, but we the, the the inclination is that it's a gang of niggas that's out here just fucking all these chicks and getting them knocked up. What it is is it's a gang. It's a it's a it's a it's a small pocket of guys out here who just able to get as much pussy as they want, and the pussy that they want just having to be easy to get. And the ones that's easy to get is making themselves easy to get because they believe that they live in their best life and they're in their whole face. You know what I'm saying? And they just so happen to come across this one guy who just got all the charm and appeal because he's so used to knocking bitches down left and right that she she come across him thinking that he this dude that he really ain't and now she got his baby in her because he making it look good he make it look good meanwhile dudes that's on a purpose guys ain't even like most guys who out here like we work our ass off bro we not hanging around we not as soon as we get our work we we clock out and we hit the hit the strip and go find some pussy that ain't how we move you know what i'm saying think about how much time it take it take effort to to talk a bitch out of her, her drawers it takes effort. It take effort. I mean, so that yeah. means that you gotta have time on your hands. So the ones who get in the most chicks knocked up got time on their hands. So them some unemployed ass niggas or some niggas who just hustlers and they just out here in the streets and they really not even good at what they do effectively because if they did, they wouldn't they would know better than having a bunch of baby mamas. That's a fact too. 
You know what I mean? So, but that's the that's the that's the thing. So when I'm moving, and that that's me going on a tangent, but like when I'm moving around and I'm seeing people going through their struggles, I'm assessing all of this shit, bro. I'm strictly I'm I'm assess- It's not me judging them, judging their character because their character don't have nothing to do with they need at that moment. But I'm looking at like what am I actually investing in? Like if I'm helping this chick out or I'm helping this dude out. And that's another thing. But anyway, when I'm helping this chick out and she in need, am I really helping her? Or am I just getting her on to the next phase of her fuck up? And then when, when it comes to guys, men, we are least likely to ever help another dude. That's a fact. And men are, like if a dude is on the side of the road and he got a flat, how often do you see dudes pull over to try to help that dude? Now they go, damn. Yeah. Not today, my guy. Hopefully he got hopefully he got roadside assistance. Yeah, not today, my guy. Women are women accept that women expect to get help. Women expect like they think that you ain't a gentleman if you don't stop and help them. You know what I'm saying? Women had this expectation in their head that because they're in need, that it's our job to just be gentlemen and be white knights. And that's just not the way the world moves now. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us woke up from a dip from that slumber and we viewing the world from a different angle now, man. It's like, no, it's equal rights, equal lefts. Yeah. You gotta, if you're going to fight, you got to fight through this shit because everybody's struggling. Yeah. And, and because of the whole, the new movements that have taken place, you know what I mean? Like you all wanted the opportunity to do this shit. So now you are included. Yeah. The you part of the workforce. The same, yeah. The same way I got to get up and do shit, you got to do it. But yeah, away sure. from that, away from that, you know, like I assess things the same way, kind of the same way. Like for me, my mom's did everything that she could to raise her three children. Mm-hmm. Right. So there wasn't, if there were handouts, that was something that was discussed in the background between her and whoever did that, you know, whoever helped her. I know uh, my God, my Godmother and Godfather helped her. I know my little sisters and my older sisters. I know all that came into play. Like we know that. Right. But when my mother would reach out to would reach out to help other people i saw it often so in seeing that when i do help people i go yo if i give you this money am i helping or am i hurting you am i being a hindrance because what's the next fuck up what's the next fix what's the next excuse that you're gonna make for you to be out here begging for for change again and exactly. six you six you know the story i think i you you know about the story where the guy was downtown begging for change and i followed him and he went and got in the car and drove off on lower lower whack mm-hmm he got in his car and he drove the fuck off. And I was like, ain't that a bitch? So the next time I saw him with the same cup, I slapped the shit out of his hand because it was like, yo, I know you did, I know you hustling. And there are other people who need that. Yep. And, and you know, and, and people like, how dare you do that? Like, that, that's so wrong of you to do that. But they didn't know what I knew at that time. See, that's the thing. Also, bro, I learned that it's easier to prey on people's altruism. You know what I'm saying? Like, altruism is innate in most human beings. Most species really is like, we don't necessarily, especially if our species is supposed to survive, we're supposed to be able to help our species survive. How the difference is, is we live, we have up, we have frontal lobe function. We can actually reason. So that's where the manipulation of situations come into play. So we kind of like, we got, we got those of us who may have seen the cheat code and we manipulate the matrix in a way where we can get the most out of other motherfuckers. So that's where you get the hustlers in. You know what I'm saying? You got the people that actually play the system. They were like, man, I'm finna go ahead and get these PPP loans. I'm finna go ahead and do this. I'm gonna do that. Most of them ain't good at it because they haven't fully read the script of how this shit goes down, but they know that there's a cheat code. 
everything has a cheat code. That don't mean you got to exploit it. You know what I'm saying? Because it all comes down to what your what your principles are, what your morals are. You know what I'm saying? Like if you out here on a, on a corner and you know you're driving around in a fucking in an Audi and that motherfucker tucked away while you out here shaking a cup just so you can get some coins so you can, you know what I'm saying, hustle off people so you ain't, this is your actual job. You've been doing this shit so long, you good at it. That's why you got an Audi. That don't mean that eventually that shit don't, those chickens don't come home to roost. You know what I'm saying? We kind of, we kind of like, my mom was so given that she got, she got played a couple of times and she wasn't like the, it wasn't like her, her radar was on a hundred and she just saw all the fucking scams. It was a couple of times here and there where motherfuckers really played her, but what that ain't never deter her from being, you know what I'm saying, the altruistic person that she was. She always felt like it was her purpose. God put her in this on this planet to be a, a, a blessing to others. And I I I I support and salute that. But I was also taught that the other side of that is don't be a fool. And it, I, I I've been a person who's who's given to help people out and, and, and try to do different things. And there are people out there who took that opportunity to heart, well, not to heart. They saw it as a hustle, you know, and they, and they took they took advantage of the opportunity and to salute them, but you'll never, you'll never be able to do it again. And some of those same person that I have helped out, they ain't doing no better than where they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So it's, it's like, I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart. You gonna do whatever you wanna do with the money and I understand that. But my mother gave, she just gave and she gave and she gave and she gave. And you saw how people loved her because she was so giving and she was so helping. But for me, it was like, instead of just giving away my money to people, what can I do to help them out, to put them in a position where they don't need access to my money no more, where they can actually help themselves? Because the truth of the matter is, bro, it's like a lot of us, especially like when you when you exist in a, in a right above, like when you when you right above the poverty line, a lot of people start to realize that it ain't even the money that remedies that situation. It's just the access to the money. You see what I'm saying? Because the money is very short. The money, like you can have a million dollars, a million dollars ain't nothing. You could blow through that, especially if you don't got your shit in order. Like, let's say you absolutely have nothing, zero, and you come across a million dollars. You'll blow through that money trying to put a roof over your head, and, and have a vehicle. Your 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 vision will be so. Your eyes will be so big that you won't even think practical. You'll blow through it because you think a million dollars, you know, is a lot of money. Not realizing that, in order to have a million dollars, you got to have another million dollars. Yep. So your spending habits, your spending habits, and everything that you want have to be according to that, and it has to be less than the million dollars. So you yep. have to buy a home that's like thirty thousand dollars and fix it up. You got to keep the same clothes on wardrobe that you got until you figure out how to find assets and, and stocks and bonds and things that will appreciate and not depreciate, like buying dumbass cars that have no value. So exactly. It's a and lot so, that come with so, it. So you have a, a you have a scenario in place where most of us don't even have that level of clarity when it comes to what money can do. So like when you exist right above that poverty line, you're still you still exist with that mindset, but you have access to money. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you working, you working really just to get to the weekend. Yeah. And for me, man, that was one of the things that like watching my mom, I was just like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do that for everybody. I'm I'll do it once or twice with the same person just to see how, how it turns out. 
But after that, I'm going to start asking, yo, do you need do you need help with a job? Do you need help with a resume? Like, what is it I can do to actually help you uh, get to a position where you can help yourself? Because there are jobs out here that will hire you. Some people won't even work a job at. They think that they're better than McDonald's. They think they're better than Burger King. They think they That's because the, the, the hustle of getting money out of people for nothing is way more lucrative to them in their mind than, than working a job. Because why wait? Why wait a week? Why wait two weeks to get the same amount of money? And I hear you. I hear you. And what it is, is also once once that become a lifestyle, then that becomes more of a conflict of interest for people who actually do want to be helpful. So the other thing about it, you know, when my mom passed, like it's been a, it's been like a month or two, a month, a month and some and some some days. Dude, do you realize? I'm sure well, you I'm sure you realize it, but you don't realize for those who are listening who never lost a parent, all the shit that you take care of and all the shit that you put down, you have to pick that shit up and do it all over again. And you have to catch up. Yep. That's something that a lot of us in our community don't necessarily even take into consideration when, when it comes down to like uh uh death when it comes to taxes when it comes you see what i'm saying those different those different components of, of just a part of this life now we don't we don't take any most of that in, into consideration we're just so busy living our life we don't even leave room for like the the comfort of knowing that a lot of this stuff is already taken care of because it's hard to take care of a lot of that shit man especially if you live below the poverty line there is no money in mom's bank account there is no money in grandma's bank account. There is no money in granddad's bank account. There is no money in dad's bank account. Everybody has to put forth the effort to make sure that they can bury their family. And in certain cases, when I talked to the funeral director or the people at the funeral home, when we were talking, he was like, man, the services that you guys want for your mom, most people can't come in here and get these services because they can't pay for them. So they leave out of here with an urn. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he said, it's okay for people that want and earn and they really want to do that type of service for their family. He said, but there are people who come in here with these grand, these grand, uh, the, these grand delusions of how they're going to bury their parents and they can't do it because they don't have the money for that. Right. And God, man, I'm so in salute because I'm so thankful for my sisters being able to do things and my the rest of my family who contributed, whether they was do bringing food or just showing up or doing whatever with what was needed. You know, I have a supportive family, so I wasn't too much worried about anything, even if it just came down to me and my, my two sisters doing it. I didn't, there was no, there was no reason for us to not do it. Like just do it, get it done with. And if we need help, we know who to ask for help. Right. But there are, there are people out there who can't do that, man. And to anyone that's listening, I say this, if you don't have insurance, life insurance, or your mother or your grandparent, whoever it is, get that shit. Because when you go to bury these people, it costs a pretty, it costs a pretty penny. And a lot of a lot of people out here right now, I I know y'all ain't got twenty thousand dollars in your bank account. Most people ain't got twenty dollars in their bank account. I know you ain't got no twenty. I know you ain't got twenty thousand in your bank account, and it's it's a pretty penny to bury people unless you want to just do the urn, grab the urn, and, and walk on up out of there. And you know that that's a business that's night and day. That business is forever ongoing. It never stops. And you got to think about, let's say, just the just the, the funeral arrangements, the burial arrangements alone, that's $5,000 depending on what type of service you get. You understand? 
And then if they're not a part of a church, if you got to go find a church, if you got to go find a, a, a place to do all that, all that stuff costs. All of it costs. All of it costs. But then after that, everything mm-hmm. after that, picking my life back up and trying to go forward and, and still dealing with the fact that there are days where I'm, man, I don't want to do this right now, man. And then the, 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 the safety mechanism that I have, right? Hey, today might not be a good good day to go outside because I may fuck somebody up. Right. Today's not a good day. I should probably stay home. Say it again. So, so many components, bro. So many different levels and elements that, that people ain't considering. Like we all kind of like, we all kind of like venture off into these different pockets of grief. Or uh I won't even say grief, bro. It's just different levels of dealing with things. Um, so when you lose some people in your life that's close to you, like if you don't have the highest amount of responsibility in terms of making sure that their wishes are sought through, you're not necessarily going to be as connected to the commitment of it as you would if you if you're solely responsible for the outcome. Yeah. So and that's the thing that kind of like like I that's probably why I haven't really had the full capacity to grieve the way I wanted to when I needed to at that time, because it was still kind of like resonate with me, all the different, you know what I'm saying? I told you before with the switch that got flicked on and then flicked off. Like, I don't I don't get to sit here and, and, and mourn the way somebody who doesn't necessarily have all that responsibility on them because to do both is damn near impossible. You know what I'm saying? It's damn near impossible, at least for me. It's like you take losses and you, you, you struggle with the losses you take, but at the same time, you got to get right back in the game. You just start a player. You know what I'm saying? You got to execute. And uh, and then, you know, for uh, those of us who have jobs, I don't know about everybody else's job, but my job doesn't give out, you know, weeks to grieve. It don't get, it, you get a, a, a short minute and, that, and that's it. You know what I mean? And when you're talking about losing a parent, you don't lose a parent and be done with it in three days. Like this shit, this shit bothers you out. Man, like, hey, yes, yes. And I know that from talking to you and talking to other friends, talking to my shout out to Pancho, uh, growing up with him and his dad was 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 murdered over nothing. He had nothing to do with nothing, just, just an accident, just being there. You know what I mean? So and, and hearing him talk about it, hearing you talk about it. And then now when it's my turn and I have to go through it, it's like there's no way you can offer a person three days to deal with grieving over a parent, man. That's like, that 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 was my mom, dude. Like, that's I'm the heart. Yes, I'm heartbroken. She's the inspiration. You know I'm, I'm heart. Yeah, I'm heartbroken, and I got to sit here and do a job, and be a regular person, be a brother, be a cousin, and still try to be a regular person through all of this. Oh, but if you want additional time off, you have to use your vacation time. You have to block it out with your vacation or yeah. personal time. See, that's that's the whole that's why this corporate structure is bullshit, bro. It's and, like it's not just that, but the mental aspect of it. I still got to keep my shit together so I don't I don't smash somebody ears together. I'm I'm hey man, I'm right. on a short lease right now. I already know it, bro. I'm on a short leash and people, you know, I had a couple of people say something to me recently. It was like, yo, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. I ain't in the best mood to be playing with you like that. So I understand that it looks to y'all that I'm okay. Cause I tell y'all I'm okay, but I'm, I, I really am heartbroken and I really do miss my mom. And the worst part about this is, is that I don't know the time of the day sometimes. Right. 
Like, I don't know if you're, if you're trying to be sarcastic. I don't know if you're playing. I don't know. But I don't know. So way, it, either way, I'm just going to need you to dial that back because it's not appropriate for what I'm dealing with right now. It's not. And, and I don't know. And, and there's a, there's a shadow of me that's, that's asking to come out and play. Facts. And I'm trying my best to talk to this motherfucker to help me, you know, say, yo, keep it in the middle of the road, bro. You can't swerve out the road right now. I need you to help me keep it in the middle of the road. Consider this too, though, bro. Like, even with that being said, though, nobody owes us any grace. That too. That's, that's the thing that's even more frustrating about it all. You do know what I'm saying? It's like, we're asking, we're requesting this grace because we want people to be human and considerate, but they don't even owe that to us. You know what I'm saying? It's just a request we're making because guess what? On the human side of things, if you really just step outside of all of it and just totally disconnect from every every bit of it, think about all the people around you who lost somebody that you don't. Bang, bang. That you don't know that they lost somebody and you're asking them to do this and do that and do this and, and do they, that. And they muscle through it. Yeah. <laughs> or, they, or they fucking break down. Yeah, and so, and, so, and so many people out there need that time to disconnect, but they haven't had it because they had to continue the routine. Yep. Dude, after going through all this and realizing everything that I dropped and all the stuff that I had to pick back up, all the voicemails, hey, Mr. Mr. Pepper, we need you to do this, we need you to do that, we need you to do this, we need you to do that. You're like, holy shit, I forgot about all that. And then you get the, the oh, text. What's going on the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, but you block it out the whole time it's going on because you're like, yo, I got to take care of moms. Like, moms are sick. And then you got to go through the whole motions of the funeral and, 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 and dealing with your older sister, dealing with your younger sister, you know, and the family that's coming into town, everybody that want to come and see you. And, and let me say that too, man. I got an awesome family. Shout out to my family for making sure that they checked in on me. My closest family and friends, they know who they are. They really, really, really do because y'all been checking in on me. We've been FaceTiming. We've been doing Google dual calls. We've been doing all that. Six, I've been talking to six. Um, everybody that's been involved, and they know who they are. I mean, I'm not going to name everybody. I'm only saying six names because six is right here, and this is my bro right here, and, and I can talk. I'm talking to him directly, and he's on this call. He's on this podcast with me, but everybody specifically knows who they are. They are I went out with my family at one point just to take them to get some pizza, and see the area where I live at in Hyde Park. They like the area where I live at. We get to the lake and they start singing happy birthday to me. You understand what I'm saying? Stuff like that. It's one of a kind. It's genuine, right? Now, I was a little pissed off and, I, and they, they know it. They know it. I just buried my mom the day before and now on the, on the 8th and then on the 9th is my birthday. All right. So, I'm, you know, my regular routine is to go to the lake and meditate. Mm -hmm. go for a jog, meditate, chill out, get myself together, like, woosah, all that. And this is different now, right? But they were up there, and we had a nice conversation. We had a long conversation for about an hour and a half about what do I want to do, my plans and everything. And I think that it was a, the way that I was saying it was, came out misconstrued because they thought that I had a problem with, with, with my family, but I had to break it down. Like, no, like, I want, there are other things that I want to do, and it just may not be here in Chicago anymore. You know, it wasn't that I was saying, oh, I, I don't like nobody here, but I had to break that down to them so they had a better understanding. So I got family here doing singing happy birthday to me, leaving messages saying happy birthday to me. I got people sending me different things. Uh, shout out to Bella for sending me the pillow that's behind me about for my mom. 
all these different things that matter. All these different things that matter to me and they made me feel good because it's a lull. I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. I don't want to be bothered. But every day it felt like something different was transpiring to make sure that I was okay. Yeah, as a man, though, that's something a lot of us don't get to uh, experience. We don't get those reprieves like that, bro. A lot of us don't know how to receive it when we do get them because that's not necessarily something that's on the on the menu for us when it comes to being a man and being a provider or just being the backbone to the family or the or the the, the recipient of the the throne. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of us aren't raised like because that's an emotional thing. You see what I'm saying? Those emotional components aren't necessarily something that's inherent to who we are as men. And we don't tap into it like that. Exactly. So yeah. like we receive it, it comes off as like, oh, what the fuck y'all doing? Why, yeah. y'all, why are you being weird? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because that's not that's not something like it's like when you when you lose a basketball game, you lose a boxing match. You feel how you feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Other people are like trying to cheer you up, but you don't want to hear the cheer up shit. You just want to hear do better. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You want to hear somebody that's going to motivate you to kind of go harder and stuff like that. And that's not ne- both sides are are necessary, but to not understand the receiving of that positive message or that positive energy is where I think is a lot of us as men kind of like we lose we lose touch with our own reality in that way because everything isn't necessarily ruthlessly aggressive. No, nah, and, and and we do we do lose touch because when they started doing it, it made me so uncomfortable. I had to tell them, yo, that made that. Y'all doing that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And it, they're women and they're trying to explain why they did it. And I'm like, no, nah, as a man, I'm breaking it down to you why you're doing that, why it makes me uncomfortable for you to say that. But I told them I appreciated what you guys did because it brought me back to the reality of warmth and love and understanding that my mother would have done something like that for me too, even if it would have just been sides. a call. Both sides deserve that understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A female's perspective this is the way they articulate these types of emotions and as a man you don't necessarily articulate those types of emotions that way but receiving them means that much more if you actually if you actually open yourself up to it you know what i'm saying like my mom's family especially her sisters because she's got more sisters and brothers they always been warm in that way with me you know what i'm saying and for the longest time i was just not receptive to it other than the fact that my mom was always that way so it's like when it comes to my dad, my dad has always been like straight to the point, you know what I'm saying? It should be like cold and calculated sometimes. Like, man, we all gonna die one day. We gotta muscle through it. We gotta fight through this shit, blah, blah, blah. That shit makes sense to you when you're a young boy growing up and you're hearing it from your dad or whoever. And it kind of like, because there's a, that's a reality. You know what I'm saying? My dad started giving me war examples and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I start seeing it in my own reality when I'm watching my friends die, and die to gun violence and gang shit. And then uh, I've started to start to realize also, like my mom was always like the most compassionate person when it came to those things. So she always was like, man, my mom, my mom and my brother, my, my brother had, they had just moved out west and they got off the bus. They was going to the house or whatever. I think she picked him up from Job Corps. And they get off the bus, not even five seconds later, some dude standing on the bus stop got gunned down. Somebody rolled up and shot him up and pulled off. And my mom, being a nurse, stayed with that dude who was shot the fuck up and waited till the ambulance and all them motherfuckers came and kind of held him down until the police got there and all that old shit. 
And my brother was like blown away by this shit. That's this is the type of my mom. She just got off work, whatever. After getting, you know, what I'm saying before getting my brother, she still had her smocks and all this shit on. She got this dude blood all over her and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Being the only good Samaritan in the in the probably 15 mile radius, who would have gave a fuck to even be there for a young guy who got shot up for whatever reason? Because most motherfuckers that we know would have just stood there watching and waiting for the police to arrive, or was someone waiting for someone to call. And it just been star- standing there staring at him, looking at him. Acting like, you know what I'm saying, speculating, as opposed to just saying, you know what, regardless of what my thoughts are on this, this is a human being. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what my my uh my notion of why shit like this happened, because we don't never we'll never really know why any of that shit really happened. We can all speculate because we can put two and two together, but to to disconnect from your humanity and be like, man, fuck that motherfucker. I don't yeah. even know this dude, but fuck him. He dead now. And that's another thing. Like, let's just say that too, man. Bullets aren't meant to pierce flesh like that and, and tear the body up and riddle the body and, and render a man lifeless or, or paralyzed, paraplegic or anything like that. It's not meant for that shit. It's really not meant for that. It's like it's like what we are as a, as a species, where we are as like a people. It's kind of interesting that we landed here but yeah we think we're advanced enough to go to another planet and terraform that shit like there's no fucking way i gotta go piss right quick bro hold on real quick let me say this before you get up and go piss do y'all realize that guns was invented because a certain group of people couldn't conquer another group of people so because they were getting their ass whooped in hand-in-hand combat they turned fireworks into (laughs) into a means to decimate other people (laughs) bong bong we gonna take a break everybody yeah go back yeah, yay. We have returned. Yeah. I don't know where we left off at, but you know, the uh my mother being such a giver was a was a big thing. But then the creativity now that I'm I'm back in the mode where I'm trying to pick it up. And let me say this, if I'm being honest, man, I, I did so I do I do drink, right? Every you know that I do I do like I do like a nice beer or a glass of wine, but I did more in the last month than I have done in a, in a long time. Right. You know, I, I was doing a couple bottles of wine a day. You know what I mean? And not even a day or a night because you go to work, you come home, you drink, come home again, you drink a six pack. You know what I mean? I'm drinking, doing all this. And I was, I was trying to figure, cause I'm sitting here looking at my computer. I'm like, man, I don't want to do nothing. Then the next day come, man, I don't want to do nothing. And I'm looking up, I'm sitting here with the computer open, looking at all the stuff that I need to catch up on. I'm like, man, I got episodes. I'm so far behind that I really need to catch up. But I'm so far behind, sitting here drinking. And knowing me, I can't, I can't really do what I want to do when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm tipsy like that, you know, or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I just kept putting, ah, then it get to the point where now you're going, all right, I'm just going to close the computer and not open it up. So then I sat here one day and my messages on Instagram started going off. And it was people going, hey, I'm sorry about your mom, man. Can we reschedule the uh, podcast, whatever? I was like, man, I, I appreciate you saying that, but I'm not in the mood yet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still, they was like, oh, man, whenever you got time, yada, yada, yada. So it was like four messages like that. It's like four messages. So then I go, damn. That's people really showing me appreciation, you know, that they really salute me and they, and they, and they understand what I'm either either they understand or they understand that, you know, it's a it's a hurtful time for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I was like, damn, that's pretty cool for someone to reach out 
and say that and then reschedule it because that means that they actually paying attention to the content that's on on the page right right so I, I go, all right, cool. Well, let me go in here and see what else. And then there's like four other messages and I call them through them. I go, all right. That was a spark of it for me. It was like people are paying attention to it. They're just not saying anything. You know what I mean? Which is fine with me. So I was like, all right, well, let me get back in the mode of actually trying to do, trying to at least catch up because I've been so many, I've been I'm so many months behind, so many uh, podcast episodes behind. And I was like, it's, this would be a task for me, but it ain't nothing I ain't, I ain't willing to do. But I did lose my creativity for a while. I didn't want to do it. And now I see myself playing around with the different apps and everything that I got on here that I uploaded, whatever, and how things are coming together. Now I was like, okay, cool. So I just needed some time to myself to get it together and figure it out. But the other thing is, is that that could have been a trap for my own self because liquor is a depressant. It really is. And it it, it throws you off your shit. Yeah. I, I went through the same thing, bro. When, um, all right, Flight Risk. That album spanned the course of three years, I'm thinking. So, mm. right so the, the initial parts of me recording that album versus where I landed when the album was finished was about to span of three years. I, was, I started that album when I was living on 71st and Union when I started recording it. When I finished it, I was living in Dalton on 146. So, because uh, if, like, there's a song... I'm trying to remember the first song I recorded for it. Because two of those songs was recorded when I went to go visit my homies down in Tennessee. And we did some songs together with Walt. Okay. Um, one of the songs on the album is dedicated to my mom after she passed. And that's like the third song I recorded for that album. And I was still living on 71st Street. So all of, like somewhere in that little window of time, is where like the transition of me actually grieving kind of like went into play. And that's when I kind of did the song with Marv One. I did the song, the, uh, I did uh, the tripping song that Walt and Paul Vegas produced. And that's when I really just started working with Paul Vegas. All of this shit started happening with, the, it was like, it was all of this kind of helped me grieve. This album is like really my grief album. That's why the album is so fucking long. Paul Vegas is dope, by the way. He's super dope, dude. As a producer, he's dope. Super dope. Probably one of the most innovative producers I can think of in terms of like his his ear, his his imagination for beats. You know what I'm saying? Had he not even got involved with this project, had he not, and it's not, it has nothing to do with Circle 94 at all, but had he not actually felt the need to leave that collective, I mean, he and I probably wouldn't have even worked on our project together. Mm-hmm because he was going through whatever he was going through with them. And they're my guys, so I love all of them. But had he not felt like, well, maybe I need to do something else with my career, he wouldn't have never reached out to me and we wouldn't have never had that project together. Mm. And to this day, he's still kind of like, we go back and forth shooting ideas, but he know how organic music is. It's like, we gotta be in the zone. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure it's a bunch of people he want to work with. But for him to even consider even shooting ideas at me let me know that he still fuck with me like that and that's big to me but like for me going through the grieving process and me doing the songs that i did i think the first song i did for this uh, for that album was uh what's the name of that damn song uh i feel and that's the song tony produced okay and from that i kind of built that whole project around that 
and, and, and Brandon actually kind of helped me come up with a lot of concepts and stuff like that. Cause he'll sit there and just listen to me make beats and he'll just shoot ideas and, and vibes. And he always been good at that. Like, hey, this would be a dope song to that beat. And he'll like just freestyle some shit. And I'll freestyle some shit before you know it, the whole song is realized. And that was kind of dope. But for me to go through that, I didn't necessarily have to grieve my mom in a sad way because I, I was being super creative. I was hyper creative around that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, just, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gang of different scenarios that played out on that album that I, I when I listen, I can listen to that album like it's somebody else shit. I think that, that that's one of the things that kind of works out for me that's different from your situation. It happened to me at a, at a, at a later stage in life where um, before we left the hospital on her birthday, I told her, I was like, hey, I don't know how you feel. I know I know you in pain mm-hmm. and I know you're tired of being here and I know you're tired of doing this. I'm okay. If you're ready to let go, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. I can't speak for everybody else that came in here and talked to you and sang to you and Everybody that prayed, but I just want you to know your son is okay. I'm okay. I was like, I'm gonna have some more bumps in the road, but I'm gonna be okay. Like this, this is gonna be this is gonna be a bigger test than normal. But I told her, like I, I leaned into it and I was like, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. So um two days later she passed. But I think for me, just being able to say that to her and let her know that I, I am okay, which I am. I'm again, I'm heartbroken. And I, I am hurting over it, but I am okay, you know, because that's a that's a that's that's about the lowest I can get. Mm-hmm. If I drop anything below that, you know, a, a lot of people who I would like to say my mom protected from me just by her telling me no, leave them alone or stay out the way. Hey, don't go over there or don't do this or don't do that. I could easily jump off the rails and be like, all right, it's your turn now. It's your turn, like y'all, you know, like y'all. Yeah, I got to deal with this now. Because she kept, she kept, she kept a lot of the bullshit out the way. But for me, telling her that and being able to have that last conversation with her before she died was kind of like the thing that kind of gives me some, some resolve as well. Because I don't know how I would have acted if we were talking about a dude 25, 26, 27 years old. All right. I think that, bro... And this is something I kind of had to like, had to wrestle with for a while because it never really occurred to me how like, how surreal this experience had to be from the other side. Like I couldn't imagine, because I, I I was hospitalized when I was young for asthma and stuff like that. My mom told me that I stopped breathing. And when I woke up one day, I was in the hospital. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't recall that whole experience. I don't even know what the, the middle point of those two things, t- those two events actually even felt like or what it looked like all i know is i went to sleep and then i was in the hospital when i woke up Mm. but i know what she told me so i couldn't even imagine like being on the when when the realization that this is the the this your last lap you see what i'm saying i can't imagine what that's like especially like from my mom's perspective we was i remember when i landed in jersey uh she was uh over my aunt's house my aunt had a place for her. I went, you know what I'm saying, chill with my mom and stuff like that. And I could tell my mom was re- really doing bad. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what you want to eat, man? I got you. What you trying to do? She was like, uh, I want a gyro. I want some fries, blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever you want. I got out, ordered it. We sat and ate together. And I laid in the bed next to her and we just talked shit and cracked jokes. And I could tell she was not, you know what I'm saying, in the most physically fit state at that moment. It fucked with me, but I gave her me. I gave her my time. I gave her me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I was some people like, you know what? I'm gonna try to get you back home with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna try to get you back home. And the whole the the, the whole time there, my brother was there too, because he actually landed two days, three days before I did. And he was like, the whole time he was there, he was shooting me text messages, man, you need to hurry up and get your mom ain't doing too good. So anyway, the whole process was kind of like me, every step that I was trying to take to try to get her back home, something was like pushing against it. Like, no, nah, she's just gonna, this is gonna be her last place where she's gonna be. If she's home with her her side of the family, this is where she's gonna be at, this is where, this is where her, her journey ends. That's what the, the, everything kept telling me, but you know, me being stubborn, no, nah, I want my mom with me where I can actually be effective. You know what I'm saying? But And that's what I was paying attention to. I was paying attention to all the signs. There was too many things that was letting me know that this was not, like, this was it. Mm-hmm. This is it. And me and my little sister had a conversation um, prior to her, prior to, I think it was prior to her having cardiac arrest twice or whatever it is. And we had a conversation and she was like, you know, such and such, mom will be okay. And I was listening to her talk and I, I changed the temperature of the conversation. I kind of eased her into it and I, and I kind of just like let her know, like, but if this is it, we have to be willing to accept what's about to take place because wow. we under, I was like, she was like, no, but I was like, yeah, I hear you. I was like, but we have to have an understanding now of where we are with mom. Like this is this is this can go the other way. She's all the way on a she's very fur, she's further on the other side than she is on on the side where she's gonna be able to come home with us and be a, a able bodied person like that. Like we're sis, you have to understand. I know, yeah, but I'm having faith and I'm praying. I was like, and I said, that's cool. I want you to. I don't want nobody to, to ever let go of that. Right. But for for me, it was that understanding of knowing. This is bad. Talking to the nurses, uh, Dr. Dr. Natalie, uh, mm-hmm. nurse, uh, nurse uh, Nick and, and, and Evelyn, I think her name is, talking to them, having conversations with them, telling me that my mom is still fighting and everything, but then telling them, talk to me straight. Give me the real. Like, don't, don't bullshit with me and don't play with me. And hearing that conversation. It was like they weren't necessarily saying, yeah, this is it. But they were like, hey, you should be prepared and aware. They weren't saying it, but I could hear it in the conversation. You know, I'm an intuitive person. You know, it, a person lying to me, you only lying to me as long as I let you uh, let you lie to me. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm intuitive enough. I've been around a wrong, I've been around some really deceitful people. I've been around some really nasty people. So I know a lie when I hear one. I know what I'm looking at when I look in your eyes. I know what I'm listening to when I hear it in your voice. So... When they were talking to me, I understood what the conversation was. So that last time I had that conversation with her was me letting her know, like, you don't have to look. I get it. You have fault. You made it to 78. 78 was on June 27th. And on June 29th, she checked out. And I was okay with that. I was okay with that. That's not the ending that I would have wanted my mother to have because of other things that led up to that. Right. 
However, that was the ending that she chose, and that was the ending that we had to go along with. That's what the, that's what the, that's just how it was written written in her story. Bang bang, and and you have to accept that, and you have to move forward. You know what I mean? So, um, it's yeah. now now we're now we're back getting back right. I can't say we. I say me. Now I'm getting back. Now I'm trying to put all the, all the thing, all these things together. Uh, uh, this is this. Hey, you you had this that was due for this beat. Or hey, there was an event that you missed. Are you gonna make it to the next event? Hey, remember this? Don't don't forget about this. Hey, we planned this. Can you can you be a part of this? And it's all these things that I forgot that continue to move and continue to go, but you're still a part of. So now I got to get back on my hamster wheel and start back being productive and, and using my creativity. And it's a bitch, man. And it's a pain that ass to do what you you got to do it. Yeah, you really got to do it. My mother. That's the other thing I say about my mother, man. My mother said she couldn't raise no man, but she also said she can't raise no punk either. So as far as backing down and just falling apart and falling to pieces, I think that's just something I'm not, I'm not accustomed to no say wire. what? Not wired for it. Mm-mm. 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 Even me walking away from these, salute to my cousin Ryan, helping me walk away from these last uh, couple of altercations. Him letting me know and Dakota, salute to Dakota for pushing me. Yo, we gone. We out. We not doing that. Because there's an understanding about where I'm about to go with this. And a lot of people, oh, he's a nice looking guy. He talk, oh, yeah, yeah. They have no idea what they're about to get into. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't get that. But Ryan gets that. Dakota gets that. Hey, Pep, I need you to, we, we gotta go home. You gotta go home. You gotta go home. Because it's, it takes nothing for you to hit this dude. He hit the ground and he don't get it back up. And then you got a whole different type of uh, lifestyle to deal with. Some people never have those types of conversations in their life and they end up in, in darker situations because that that that's never provided for them. And they go through similar situations you and I have. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, I know guys who lost their moms earlier than I did. Mm. And they just never recovered. They never bounced back. They never really had the proper avenues of grief. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that there is a proper avenue of grief, but there are different ways you can kind of release that. Because yeah. we all got to experience it. We're going to experience it on some level or another. It's just about what you do with it. Yes, sir. To anybody that's to anybody that hasn't lost a parent, I don't know what to tell you, but. It's difficult, man. It's difficult. Like there's a part of you that's never coming back. You'll never see it again. You got all these memories. You got all this, these, these fun times. You got good times, bad times, ugly times. But that you'll never be able to see them and hug them and kiss them again. I'll never be able to have them key conversations that matter. Nope. nope. I'll never be able to crawl on my mom's lap and bother her and and and, and kiss all over her to the point where, where she. Uh, she's annoyed by me. I'll never be able to do that again. So the grief is the grief is definitely going to be there. And I, like I said, I listen to you talk about your mom from time to time, and then how you you sometimes you may shut off during a conversation because it, it's upsetting or, or, right. or it's, it, it's emotional. And listen to my buddy Poncho when he talks about his dad, you know, and then he gets upset and he gets emotional. I I, I think about those things, and then when I'm dealing with this now for myself, it's like. This is a different dynamic, but don't I can't lose sight of not just not necessarily now I can't lose sight of the goal. I can't lose sight of my mission, but also I can't allow other people to affect my behavior because this is a very critical 
time for me and I'm pensive and I'm agitated and it don't take much for me to knock somebody, to slap somebody in the face or, or, or knock somebody teeth out. You know, like that don't, don't take much or nothing. Right. I mean, and that's the whole key to it though. Like, because we, we kind of, we as a society like to pride ourselves on how advanced we are socially and how far we've come evolutionarily. But when you really just strip away all that bullshit and you start getting down to the brass tacks of it all, we still human, bro. You know what I'm saying? We all handle things according to whatever we have provided to us. Some of us are way more aggressive than others. Some of us can handle certain aspects of uh, 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 drama or, or trauma. Some of us can do it. Some of us can't. And those of us who can't will will show you exactly what they got in, in response to that. And I think that's the other part for me, Six, because I've had so many traumatic experiences in life. And over the course of the last, uh, since what, 2019, 2020, like the year right before COVID started, mm-hmm. I was already, I was already dealing with shit, <clears throat> dealing with shit. Mm-hmm. It was already stuff going on personally that I, I never said nothing. All of a sudden you just see people like, hey, that was a car accident. Someone was in that. Like, yeah, like these are part of the things that I've been dealing with or the family has been dealing with this entire time. We just ain't, ain't nobody saying nothing because we are, we're a tight knit family. We're close knit. Even at, while my family was hanging out of, at my, at my aunt's house and they were having talks about my mom and sharing stories. I told them stories that they had never heard because we never said nothing. Right. The family here knew, but they didn't, everybody else didn't know. And I open up and I tell these stories and they're laughing. And one of my cousins was like, yo, you got a crazy way. You should have been a comedian because you got a crazy way of telling stories. And they, they're funny. And I was like, but those are, I'm like, everything I'm telling I'm you, telling that's <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling, I'm telling you what happened, but I'm just telling you the way I know how to tell it without it sounding like all depressing and, 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 and ridiculous. It, but it's the truth. I may exaggerate the tone of it or add a little bit onto it, you know, because it's a story and everything, but it's the truth and it happened. You know what I mean? So it's it's just one of those things, man. Like I, you know, like I don't think people understand. You don't know from day to day who you actually talking to. Exactly. You have no idea if a person is actually grieving, if they're broken. You don't know which version of the person that you're talking to is actually available. And another thing is, is we all only speak to the version of the person that we can see. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So like we all or like says you can't you can't forget this part. Some people think that you see the other version of them. Yep. And they're worried about that. So they're trying to hide themselves in Absolutely. reality and, and, yeah. and lie about who they are. But we can see that yo, you're not who, who you really you're say. Yeah. 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 But see, I think that's just human nature though, because everybody puts up their representative. You know what I'm saying? Like uh somebody you meet for the first time you know what i'm saying versus somebody that same person you meet on the fifth time that by the fifth time they you'd be like damn i didn't know you was this funny that's because yeah. they got comfortable enough to show you they funny side because yeah i didn't know how 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 funny i could be at times until i started right. you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying started being the funniest dude in the room and shit yeah and people didn't know that like, oh he's so serious he's so serious like no i gotta gauge the room i don't know you motherfuckers like that i don't know y'all like that Shit, that's how it was with me and Tony, man. It's like, I met him. It was just like, what's up, dude? You make music? I make music, too. Before you know it, like, damn, we got way more in common than what we thought. Oh, you're a funny motherfucker, too. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's how it go, bro. It's like on a human level, it's a protective thing, man. Cause we got too much, we got too much that we holding in. And they always say it's not healthy to hold stuff in, but dude, we gotta do what we gotta do. It's survival. Yeah. And, and at the same time, like I don't wanna let nobody know what's going on in my background. And then again, I'm trying to let it out or talk to somebody about it. And then they say the wrong thing. It's like, yo, I don't have no problem hurting people. Like I I, I don't, especially no, no man. Like, that's easy. Like do people, people don't even realize like that takes nothing. That's just putting my hands up and walking forward. And, and the majority of people in the world can't fight. You know how easy it is to just walk you down and, and just and just smash your face up? Like, that's nothing. That's because we live in a world that's been so civilized that we don't feel, we don't, we, we can't recognize a threat anymore. No. And there's a lot of people out there who running it. Man, we ain't going to even, we didn't cover that conversation already, but it's a lot of you all out there who run your mouth too much and don't know when to shut the fuck up. Yeah, they'd be feeling like they could say and do anything. And what happens is, is everybody not receptive to that shit. Somebody is, Somebody will check you right there on the spot, just cut it, cut that shit short. Because everybody don't have the same threshold or tolerance for bullshit. You are usually, from talking to another man, you're usually that close to danger. You're probably that close to danger. People that said all the time, man. We, I, and I told you, we had the conversation a few episodes back. You know what I'm saying? A man is, a man wake up every morning realizing that it's a possibility he might either have to kill somebody or end up dead that day. You know what I'm saying? A real, I'm like, or a man who's very aware of his surroundings that shit never slips his mind. A man who depends on society to keep him alive is a fucking, he's a, he's a detriment to society. Yeah. That's crazy. But um, I wanted to have that conversation and talk about that, at least for me. And I know, you know we had those conversations away from the podcast, but for me, it's just like just talking about it. So people are aware, you know, I did lose my mom. Yeah, I did lose my Some people are just now finding out that she's at it because they thought it was a joke. But no one really plays like that. You never heard me play about, you know, my mom dying or anything like that. So uh, dealing with it now is, is something totally different. And I would tell anybody else, if you're listening, love your folks because you only get one in one. You get a mother and a father. And if you have them in your life or you want them in your life, you need to make the you make you need to make the attempt and the effort to make sure that you show them as much love and as much as much appreciation as you can because when they gone man that's it and i'm not saying that because i miss I'm, i miss my mom but i have no regret i don't think i have no regret i don't think i have none i, I tried I, there's stuff i tried to do that she just wouldn't allow me to do but i know i, I put forth the effort in doing it and she and, and it was on her so because of that like i'm and i told my little sister that i was like I, i'm okay because i tried to do everything and not everything, but I try to do as much as possible. And the things that she wouldn't agree to, we just didn't do them. That's how I feel. Like my mom, like she put, she she planted all the right seeds. And you know what I'm saying? So therefore I don't have no regrets. I felt like the, a lot of the a lot of the time that that's between her passing and now, it's a lot of conversations I wish I could still have with her, but I'm good. Yeah. Because I feel like she get she put so much, she poured so much into me and my brother. She made, she gave me a lot to actually feel at peace with. You know what I'm saying? Like the biggest thing I would love for her to be able to be a part of would be probably just watching my kids grow up. 
Yeah, definitely. It has less to do with me and more just with them. Just being able to see them. Yeah. See them but, and see their evolution. Yeah. And I try not to get off into the spiritual and all that little mystical stuff. I just try to keep it as real and as as plain as possible in that in that area because everybody believe what they believe. But I do feel like if she was still here right now, how crazy she'd be over her grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Watching them flourish and watching them move and watching how they, you know what I'm saying, grew up to become who they became. But then at the same time, I would also ask myself, would her presence been a hindrance because she was so hands-on with them? You know what I'm mm. saying? You know what I'm saying? Would they feel so coddled? Would they feel so secured by her presence that they wouldn't go as hard as they go? I always wonder shit like that, bro. Cause I I wonder like with me, like I feel like I've I've go I've gone as hard or maybe even harder since she passed. You know what I'm saying? What I've become, what I've become more, I want to say become more complacent or whatever remain complacent in certain aspects with her presence. You know what I'm saying? With me with me being able to pick up the phone and talk to her about certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? Or the conversations and relationship I have with my dad. My relationship with my dad got a lot stronger after her passing. So what that relationship had developed the way it did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Did that need to happen for you to make take the next steps in life to make sure that you became the person that you are now? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like all these dominoes falling in order. You know what I'm saying? Like my presence in, in people's life right now means something to people, but my absence is going to mean even more because I always make sure I pay and pour into people. You know what I'm saying? I, try, I don't waste my words. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I always big up people. I don't hate on nobody. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no negative will towards nobody. If we, we could disagree, but I don't hate you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, because I, don't, I believe hate, hate results in bloodshed. Yeah. And there's only a couple of people in life that I can openly say to this day that I, I feel like that toward. And we know to avoid each other. And one other people, we've had a conversation over the last couple of years about that and we are in a better place now. So we under, we have a better understanding of sometimes what, what was going on then and what was, what's going on now. Sometimes we don't know until them conversations I had. And like that's the truth. Speculate. You know what I'm saying? We have our suspicions, but until those conversations are truly had, you'd be like, man, this motherfucker ain't, he's just hating on me or this motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. But I ain't really thinking about on a human perspective of why these instances and occurrences even matter yeah and the guy that i'm talking about we got we actually ended up being cooler and being able to grab drinks and and hang out and i feel like i feel like even then early on there was some you know of course there's some tension you know because we don't really fuck with each other like that at the time but to be able to sit down with that with that young man with that brother and, and be able to sort it out and then realize as men black men we were upset and hated each other for all the wrong reasons. Right. And now that now that we know that we have the ability and, and a situation where we can grow from it, learn from it, and be better than that, because there's a miscommunication between a lot of us, and we don't understand that. Sometimes we riding for our homies. Sometimes we upset over something that ain't got nothing to do with us, and we're just taking on somebody else's somebody else's anger or disdain or 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 animosity for someone else and we're we're getting involved and it ain't got nothing to do with us and right. i say that to anybody that's listening especially young men any young man young black man young latino men or young european whoever you are if you're listening if you that upset at somebody 
and you don't know why, a conversation probably needs to be had at some point. Maybe not now, maybe five years from now, maybe 10 years from now. But y'all going to probably need to have that conversation, especially when things are dying down and you all aren't at each other's throats and everything. And me and this dude weren't even at each other's throats. He just so happened to be at High Park, uh, not High Park, the Silver Room Fest. It wasn't High Park Fest. It was Silver Room Fest. He was walking through there and we had a conversation. And it, it started off like the normal conversation. What's up? And, you know, it was that aggression back and forth. And I'm the one that made the step. I was like, yo, my man, let me just talk to you for a second. And we, and we were able to work through that and talk and build and get into a better place. And I honestly, if he, he even if he, he comes across this message, I honestly don't even mean you no harm ever in life again. And I don't even know why I meant you harm at the time. We was, we, was, we was young, dumb, and stupid, and we thought we had something to prove by being violent to one another. And that's not the, one, that's not the way I want to live my life. I'm going to tell you something that's some real shit that I, it became a real, uh, it, it became a realization that I kind of had to adapt in, in my moving through life and watching me raise my kids from a, you know, a macro perspective. This is why I always, and I, for some reason, we always land on this. This is why it's important that you have a male and a female role model in your life. Because I learned how to deal with conflict resolution, how to how to address and approach different types of situations like that through my dad. You know what I'm saying? My dad was in the military. You know what I'm saying? He's a problem solver. My mom was aggressive as fuck when it came to people. My mom ain't back down to nothing. And I'm surprised ain't nobody ever did nothing to her because my mom would always be like, you know what I'm saying? She wouldn't, she was just, she, she approached things like a woman would approach things, not realizing the, the, the scope of danger. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying men are always aware of the scope of danger. Women be like, well, I'm a woman. You can't do nothing to me. That's always been like, to me, my perception of way, the way women kind of approach conflict. You know how women kind of get chatty and start talking crazy to dudes and call them. Then jumping, yeah, jumping in their face and everything. Like, dude, don't, like, cause like, almost like they got a force field around them. Whereas dudes don't, a dude ain't just running up in a nigga face like that. Most times or none, if a dude run up in another nigga face like that, he got somebody with him who got it on him. Well, he got it on. And even then, most dudes ain't moving like that. But I do realize a lot of dudes who do move like that didn't have very, very many male role models around them to actually teach them some constraint. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I kind of like, that's why I see that. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I've had my instances with people where we didn't get along, but I don't ever, I've never looked at people and me not getting along as beef. Because I look at it like I don't give a fuck about that that much. I don't give a fuck about that that yeah. much. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They might give a fuck about it way more than I do, but because I know what I'm prioritizing, I'm categorizing all this shit. Like this is a nigga who got an attitude towards me about this, but this ain't bringing money in my pocket. This ain't bringing food to my refrigerator. This shit right here is minuscule to me. And the other thing about it is the the way that they are angry with you about a situation it ain't really you it could be something that else that they hold on to or yep. something that was passed down to them you know what i mean yep and so therefore it's not even your problem no but we we kind of like as a we we as time progressed we kind of mature into things into these situations in a way where we can view them different or we become way more uh receptive to the negativity so that's why you get 30 year old, 40 year old motherfuckers who still hold on to grudges and shit like that. Yeah. I'm not, I don't got no grudge matches with nobody, bro. 
I don't yeah. lost some good homies. I don't lost some good some good guys in my life, bro. And it's people I ain't even get a chance to say goodbye to. You know what I'm saying? I look at it like I try to be the best version of myself at all times with all my guys, with all my female friends, everybody, anybody I, I could be cool with. If you if you you know me, you know you know my spirit. You know what type of dude. Man, same thing with me. I, I'm I'm looking to improve and be better each day. I'm always speaking life into people, bro. Yep. I'm always like, I'm always encouraging. Like I I can't hate on nothing nobody doing. Yeah, and it's and believe it or not, six. When I be around certain people, they don't even like that. They don't even like the fact that man, I I, I move like that because, and I keep telling them like, what else do you want me to? Do? You want me to just be out here throwing money around, giving money away for free to people? Right. The best thing I could do is give you some life game and help help you change your fucking life. I swear to God, I tell people about that shit. They be like, man, where, where you work at? What kind of money you make? Blah blah. blah. Like, how about this? I'll I'll give you the game and help. After I give you the game, I'm gonna put you on to how to apply for a job like mine. But these are the tools you need to get that. If you don't got it, then hey, I did my part. Right. That's why I do it. Because I feel it like this, bro. Where I come from, I would I'm not even supposed to be here, bro. I'm not supposed to be here, like just statistically. statistically. But you know what? I defied the odds because I always pushed against the narrative. I pushed against the narrative. I raised some 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 great kids. I wasn't even I didn't even expect to be a parent. I thought I was just gonna be out in the streets hustling. You know what I'm saying? Strictly based on the shit that I had in front of me. But my passion was always my music. My passion was always being artistic. My passion was always being athletic. My passion, you know what I'm saying? So all of these different things, those are the things that kept me driven and motivated. I didn't never, I didn't, I didn't, I did not think that I would make it to 25. It was 23, and then it was 25. I was like, all right, I, I, there's no way I make it. Nigga, being 45 years old right now, I don't, I couldn't even tell you. It's it remarkable is. sometimes when you sit back and think about it. Like when I'm sitting here, uh, when I'm sitting here smoking, or I'm sitting here drinking a, a glass of wine, and I just look around, think about the places I've been in the last couple of years, the people that I know, the people that I hang with. Man, I done sat at the table with billionaires. Bro, think about it like this, man. You've been knowing each other over 10 years now. Facts. That's crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. And we ain't never, we ain't never beefed over nothing. No, because it's, it's, it's usually a conversation of, hey, conversation. <laughs> hey, six, how come this ain't getting done? Oh, hey, I had to uh, do this for the kids. This and the third, yada, yada, yada. I ain't had time for it. All right, cool. Well, let me know when you get to it because I want to get that done right away. All and right? that's it. And that's the end of it. And people don't realize, like, you can have conversations like that with people. It's just all about the how you apply it. I'm not going out my way to, to be yelling at no other man because I know how that make me feel. Even when I hear guys that be yelling at me, I be looking at them like, all right, man, you got it. You got it, fam, because I still want to go home. You may not want to go home, but I, I want to go home. That's that fake macho shit. It is. It's a, I want to be tough. That eight nineteen sixties bullshit that motherfuckers be trying to put off on people. I don't care nothing about it. But the other thing that you were saying that we need to get back to is having role models, real models in your life, real men, real women that can help you process this, uh, process some of the shit that y'all dealing with or that we we all deal with. Because where the where the world is moving, where, where the United States is moving, where the, where our local economies and, and and governments and shit it's like we need each other bro and Big and, time. and and, and ri- everything rise and fall on leadership bro yeah everything rise and fall on leadership yeah that's, and, that's my that's the quote i stand by 
in the way that like you were saying you having your dad and me using some of the trainers that I had, the coaches that I had, me using Vitus, Keon, uh, Michael Kovic, uh from, from, from art school, using all those guys and, and the different things that they would pour into me and, and, and show me how to do it. That shit is key to you making, to you making better steps in your life and being a better person. And without that, ain't no telling where I would be. And that's just being, that's the God honest truth, dude. Like that, uh, I don't think people realize that's, that sometimes, man. Like, again, we were only six. We were only steps away from not being here no more. We were moments away, seconds away. Just, just a conversation going bad. Simple decisions. Simple decisions. Dude, I, I could think back, like, when I was standing on 57th and Calumet. We, we ain't even lived there that long, bro. And I remember when uh, when the... The GDs and the BDs was beefing. And it was a whole goddamn war going on, like right on, on Indiana, the next block over. And you could see it from my back porch. And them niggas were like just throwing fucking molotovs at each other and shots going off. It was all, it was, it wasn't even like 200 motherfuckers out there, but it was deep. And niggas was out there deep. And, it, and then you could hear the police sirens, but no police pulled up for an hour or two. So that means that they was in the vicinity, but they was waiting on these niggas to kill each other. They was waiting on the bloodshed. They was waiting on these niggas to end each other's life. And you can see that shit from my back porch. And I'm in high school at the time, bro. I'm like, in, I'm a sophomore or junior at the time. And I'm watching all this shit kind of like play out. And I personally never seen nothing to that scale before. I've seen niggas beefing before. I've seen like gang shit before, but never to that scale. It was like a fucking movie. And this was like right around the time where that movie Losing Isaiah with uh, Halle Berry was in it. They filmed that right downstairs from my house at the Mr. G's liquor store. Mm. They filmed it right there because they wanted to rent our apartment at the time to kind of like set the camera up. And my mom was like, nah, because she just wasn't on that. But just watching how like all of this shit manifested, we used to have the, the, the train station stop right there, 57th Street. The Green Line station was right there. We used to, I used to hop that motherfucker and go out to Inglewood and kick it with my girlfriend and my cousins and shit like that and then come right back. And just like, I'm watching all of this shit kind of like play out in real time. And I'm like, dude, I was, I was, most of them niggas I kicked it with was in that shit. You know what I'm saying? Niggas I was cool with was in that shit. You know what I'm saying? Then we, then this was like, this had to be like over the course of a weekend. Cause when we went back to school the next week, some of them niggas ain't even show up. Cause some of them niggas were even in the hospital. Some niggas was locked up. You know what I'm saying? One of them I know for certain was dead. Where they be, where they be in retaliation, so they can't come to school. They can't come to school. You know what I'm saying? And think about like, so like when we, what we talk about like what's happening now, this was back in the nineties. So like when you talk about what's happening now and like the lack of structure, them dudes back then at least had chiefs. They at least had generals. You know what I'm saying? It was somebody who was ahead of they fucking set. But nowadays ain't no sets, my God. These dudes just, all grew up in the same neighborhood. They renegades out here now. They don't got no structure. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that beef was, I don't even remember what the beef was because I remember back then, this was around the same time when they was trying to get Hoover out of prison. You know what I'm saying? So whatever the beef was back then, it had to be something that was political. Nowadays, these niggas ain't even beefing over nothing political. It's all material. And, and a good percentage of y'all, no disrespect, but Y'all dying over girls that 
Don't even give a fuck about y'all in reality. Tell y'all out and go fuck your friend. Yeah. You would you would get killed over this broad. You would go to jail over this broad and she'd be fucking with your buddy, your brother, your sister, whoever it is, next. You know what I'm saying? Immediately. Immediately after it's all over. Immediately after it's all over, she'd be messing with dude. It's just a, it's an interesting thing, like in retrospect, man. Just like now that we're having this conversation and kind of like I'm I'm kind of like having some recollection and kind of viewing some of these things from a uh I guess a post-traumatic experience, just viewing yeah. it. You know, yeah. I've had long enough to actually reflect on it. Let's let's see what I remember. Because you know yeah, it's crazy when you think about that. When you see people get shot, you see somebody's head opens up from a, a gunshot wound to the head. Yeah. It's, it's a different type of thing. Because whole there's a whole segment of the United States that never get to see that. But yet we kind of grow up firsthand living in war zones and shit like that and don't really have no real retro, no 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 perspective on it. Because if you put it in this context, we not too far removed from the civil rights era. Now that ain't that's that's our age. Nigga, exactly. That's, that's how young it is. It's our age. Exactly. That ain't no time. So that means that in that little window of time, shit went south. Shit went bad real quick. And it, and we could talk about the political implications and all that shit, but it ain't that ain't even the point. The point is the fact that your life can change over on the on the drop of a dime. Shit can go bad for you at the drop of a dime. What are yeah. you what are you gonna do? How will you adapt? What we what what tools do you have to apply to the changes that you need to bring your life back on track? And God bless some of the guys that I know that are our age that don't handle their emotions well. Still, man, God bless them when their parents, you know, got when they got to go through this with their parents because, you know, I, I I hope they have the right people in their corner to make sure that they're okay at the least. And that's why I said I'm okay. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not depressed or I'm not super angry. I'm not in, I'm not in those really hyper aggressive uh, places or hyper low places at all. Like I'm okay because I had an understanding of what was going on and I had, I had clarity with this situation and and I was able to talk to the doctors and talk to my sisters and and hear everything out. So I'm okay. But for the people who don't understand whether it may happen all of a sudden, um, abruptly, you may lose a parent, or it may be something drawn out like mine's what mine's was over over a couple of weeks or whatever. And I I, I pray for y'all. God bless y'all when y'all go through it. Because if you aren't stable enough, it should eat you up. And yeah. I ha- I have my bad I have my bad moments, and I'm sure I'm gonna have more. I'm quite sure I'm gonna have more. But for now, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, we kind of we 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 we're going to be challenged. We're going to be pushed to certain uh, levels that we don't expect ourselves to actually be able to deal with. You dig what I'm saying? Like a lot of us don't have the the wherewithal to say, you know what? I can't handle this right now. Let me go get some therapy. Some of us are just don't, we don't believe in seeking outside help. You dig what I'm saying? So that's, that's another thing. But what you can do is tap into some of your people around you. You know what I'm saying? Have that's a fact. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to go through this shit alone. You ain't got to. You know what I'm nope. saying? And to feel like you you do is it does a disservice to everybody around you who give a fuck about you. Yep. And you're being selfish and you're not being considerate about your own self and your own mental health. 
Um, yep. I've been talking to family members, you know, they're like, hey, cuz, do you need to say anything or do you want to talk? And we'll be having a great conversation. And then I'll I'll let them know some history about the background of us. So they have a better understanding of me. Like, yo, why do you snap like that? I was like, well, let's go back. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to go back years and years and years ago. So what made me become a little angry, aggressive motherfucker at times, or the person filled, filled with rage that did this, that, and the third and, and hurt this person or hurt that person. Like, I didn't just do that. I didn't just wake up one day. I was like, I'm going to be violent. I'm going to be one of the, the cutest, most dimplest having, aggressive, rage-filled motherfuckers just, just because. I didn't wake up like that. Something happened. Something happened to me certain elements that play a part, you know what I'm saying? They all come into like a certain level of uh, cohesion. It all kind of pieced together like a fucking puzzle and it makes you the man that you are. Yeah, and and, and we've been having those conversations. I've been letting people in, but the, the other thing is that they think it's that I'm scared. And I keep telling them, I ain't scared to tell nobody my story. I'm not scared to tell nobody my story. The only thing that I'm worried about is telling you and then you use it against me. And then again, that's probably when your ears are going to get smashed together because you don't know no better. You're an idiot. You're a fool-hearted idiot and you don't know any better. But um, I keep my story mainly to myself and to my closest family members and friends. I don't, anybody outside that know it, I probably tell them some, some lies because I don't fuck with you like that. That's me, bro. That's I don't me. fuck with you like that. Like I'll make us some shit before I tell you the truth about what's really going on. I do most of my venting through music our conversations mm -hmm. and like specific people that I, I trust, like my brother, my pops, my cousin, Corey, my girl. Other than that, no, yeah. I'm saying it's like, and even with, with certain people, it's like, you can only take the conversation to a certain level because everybody can't, everybody can't relate. No. And it, again, you just got some people that are just, they just, they just shitty people. You know what I mean? And you, and you know it from just having conversations with them, with them. Like I, I, I know that's what you tell them against you. Say it again. Some people will weaponize what you tell them against you. Absolutely. And I had people do that to me before, too. And it's like, yo, all right, I learned my lesson. I won't do it no more. Uh, but, you know, that's that's part of life. It's part of the experience. You grow, you learn from it, and you keep on going. And again, some people just are shitty individuals. Mm -hmm. And even if you were going to do something to them, they probably ain't worth it. I was talking to one of the bros, uh, even I'm talking to the quarter and my cousin about it. It was like, yo, there is no badge of honor for beating the fuck out of a punk. There really ain't. There is no badge of honor for be beating the fuck out of somebody who, who, who really is no challenge for you, but because they was running their mouth, you felt that you had to do something. There is no badge. There is no stripes. There is no win in that. All it is is you beating somebody up because you could have just kept to your fucking self and mind your fucking business. I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you something even more crazy. It's a realization I came to some years ago. The worst ass whooping you can give a motherfucker is to look at them like they're stupid and walk away. Because now they feel like, damn, he really looked down on me. They have no control in the situation just by you walking away. None at all. And it and what's crazy though, like if you have an aggressive, like I, I I for the longest time had like this aggressive anger, and it took me years to actually like wrangle that shit. But for me to actually learn how to just 
just walk away from motherfuckers and start for me to realize this motherfucker is stupid as shit. Why am I even arguing with this idiot? Let me walk away from this shit before I fuck them up. That that does me way more value. It's way more valuable in that for me than it is for them. Bro, it's so it's so calming and relaxing to just walk away from idiots like that. Like, why yeah. why am I even arguing with you? You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You want to have a conversation just so you can show people that you know how to argue. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have any desire to do that with you. So I'm just going to cut myself short and not involve myself in this type of shit. And it takes a while for you to get there. It takes a while for you to get there. Even within the process of dealing with my mom over the, over the past couple of months or whatever, dealing with the situation, I had to realize like, hey man, you got to stop talking to people. You don't know these people like that. You don't know these people. Like you don't really fuck with them and they don't really fuck with you. And if they did fuck with you, they would know to just shut the fuck up. I learned, like me being in the managerial position that I'm in, I learned that uh, me communicating with people is more about listening than talking. Because you'll learn all, you'll get all the tools you need from listening. Yep. Um, and that's just, You'll, you'll learn everything you need to know about who, who you are, who your adversary is, and what you need to do to manage the situation between the two. Yep. Like the listener. All you have to do is listen. It's just like when I had the youth program. All you have to do sometimes is just let the kids talk, and you will see where they are. Ego, a person with a big enough ego will run the fuck out their mouth. They, won't, mm-hmm. they don't know when to shut up. They'll just they don't. Talk. And they'll just give you all the information you need to know how to deal with them moving forward. All you got to do is sit there and just nod your head and saying like you're interested in every bit of what they're saying and just act like, damn, for real? Mm, wow, really? Tell me more. And then they'll just feel, they'll feel like they got an audience. Yep, they'll fill the void. So that's, again, that's a tool that I learned from my dad and other male role models. I don't know too many, and honestly, and this is just, this could be totally, uh, it could be one of them things where it's a one-off but I don't know too many women in my life who actually actively listen well as well enough as my dad taught me to do. Where, like, cause as soon as I, my mom, if my mom would have heard some shit she ain't like, she would have went off about it. If my mom would have, if some in the, in the midst of a conversation she was having, if a motherfucker said something that she deemed as disrespect, they have to know that they disrespected her or she felt disrespected by it. And now it's a beef. That's just how my mom was. Yeah. My dad never was like that. My dad would. My dad literally would set up the conversation in a way to reveal what these people' true intentions were. Yeah, and and now that I'm getting back to the point where I can finally get myself in order, it'll happen slowly but surely. I'm realizing that all these few, these handful or two handful of situations that have happened to me over the last few months, like it's time to chill, man. It's time to stay out the way. Yeah. Stay out the way because these are the people that would they'll push you. They'll poke the bear. And ain't no and, and, and they don't really want to deal with it. They don't, they don't, they don't want to deal with that. But it, it'll be me acting out because of the situation that I'm going through and the situation I'm dealing with. See, Man. the the difference is is people view like the general public. I'm not just gonna say people, the general public views in action. And action is two opposite things when a lot of times inaction can be just as violent, but not physically violent. Inaction can lead to violence. You know what I'm saying? So a person can be passive, 
passive aggressiveness. People can be passive aggressive and say a little bullshit, petty shit to kind of trigger your reaction because they they know how to press buttons. Now, does that make them less violent as you? To the general public, it does. But really what that does is that's like somebody slipping a punch just to get you to jab. You see what I'm saying? They, that's all that is, is. It's all methodical. But if you're aware of what how both sides play that play that game, then you don't play any of it. Mm-mm. You turn that shit off and you keep on going about your life. You control the narrative. You know what I'm saying? You know that this person know they can't kick your ass. A motherfucker who know they can't kick your ass but still want to see you fall will find ways to make that happen. You know what I'm saying? They were like, all right, he, he's stronger than me, but he ain't as smart as me. That's usually how it works. He ain't, I'm, I'm not as strong as he is, but I'm smarter than he is. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll lure him into this trap. Now his reaction is going to get him trapped into my game. And now he's playing my game. And then where you get that from, you get that from like with narcissists and shit like that, who are also punks and pussies and shit like that too. People who believe their own bullshit. Yeah. Who fall, yeah, who fall deep in love with themselves and, and <laughs> it's okay though, man. Like life is good. Absolutely. Life is good. We're gonna keep on moving forward. I come from I come from good stock. I come from good uh people, man. Uh, I, I appreciate I appreciate all the family members involved. I appreciate all the friends involved that have been um communicating, keeping up with mm-hmm. coming to see sending messages of love to me and my sisters and making sure that we're okay. Uh, it is when people say, say what genuine. Yes. I appreciate all the genuine people who have been making sure that they have kept my soul and spirit uplifted. Appreciate everybody that's been lifting me up in prayer and my family up in prayer. It is an awesome and beautiful thing, man. You really don't know who's in your corner until you need help, man. And it's crazy though. Like, it always be something that's real heavy that's the most revealing. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't, you don't like you think that motherfuckers got your back until something real uh, life changing occurs. You yeah, think because your pocket's low that your real ones around? Nah, not really. You think because you ran out of gas that or you need a need somebody to help you change your tire that shit that they gonna pop up? That ain't really what it's gonna take. It's gonna take. To really reveal who the real ones are, you got to take a major L. You know what I'm saying? You got to take a real major L. It's going and it's going to be life changing. And it's unfortunate that that's the way life works. But bong bong, bong bong, it's 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 aggravating that that's what it takes that that is what it takes for you to find out who's really in your corner. But when you find out, man. Those are the people that, that though they're they're lifers, you know what I mean? And, and those people, because they understand you better than anybody else does. And they understand what it takes to make sure that you're good. And that's what and those are the things that kind of like you can't you can't take that for granted. And if you take it for granted, you're a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? Because those types of people that that because we all we all gotta go this go this route. We all gotta walk this path. You know what I'm saying? Whether we enter it around the same amount of time or we we go through it real fast we still got to walk that path and we kind of all require the same amount of grace you know what i'm saying we all require it because your reaction to it ain't my reaction to it your response to it ain't my response to it but we all have a response to it and i have to understand that this is what matt is dealing with 
You know what I'm saying? We had this conversation. I'll be a piece of shit to not consider that when we have our disagreements or, or if, I, if I feel like Matt being different. I came, yeah. I, came, I came and think like that as a man. Now he being weird. No, fuck that. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah. We had this conversation. You know what I'm saying? I know what he's going through. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna give him the grace because that's what he deserved. Yeah. Most people don't have that though, man. No, no, they too, they too caught up in their own shit to think that you know, oh, everything is about me or everything revolves around me, and it doesn't. Nothing revolves around you except for the little shit that you do for yourself. The moment you start interacting with other people, it is not about you ever again. Right. It's not about you ever again. And and um, I got there's one person specifically I need to talk to. I need to talk to her because I snapped on her. And she was trying to be helpful. But at the time, I was just so like. I was just frustrated with everything that was going on. So um, I need to talk to her and, and, and iron that situation out because. She didn't deserve the shit that I said, but I said it out of anger. It came from it came from a bad place, and you know I gotta I gotta make that up to her. I gotta make that up to her mm-hmm. because I do not want to lose her friendship. I do not want to lose that person um, in my life because they've always been good to me. They've always been a genuine person, and I love genuine people. I love genuine people. I love people that are always themselves around me, and they tell me their opinion and they tell me their point of view without coming off as a as a dickhead or whatever. So um, this is another episode that we have done, man. This, this episode was about pushing through it after grief, losing parents and things like that. We probably will do more episodes like that just to get other people's opinions, just to, just to see how people feel about it. Right. Um, it's weird, man. I'll tell anybody, yo, it's, this shit is weird. It's weird. And the thing about me, so the anger part, right? The part of me that wants to be anger, angry about it, I don't have nowhere to put it. I can't hurt nobody because nothing, you know what I mean? Like, this ain't that. So that would be misdirected and misplaced anger. So I can't do that. So that also comes down to me then is like the understanding of how you're supposed to channel anger outside of just the physical violence or the physical uh, outlet. So like there, obviously there's gotta be other ways to channel anger yeah, I got to get back into the gym. Yeah. I got to get back into the gym. Exactly. You got to find different ways to exercise that out. Yeah, I got to get back into the gym and make sure I'm good on that front. You know, um, start back because I my diet, I started getting my diet back together. I bought, bought a bunch of whole, whole bunch of vegetables and fruits and I started back eating that. Got mm-hmm. some asparagus that I made in there and a couple other things. So I got to get back into that. But Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of Full Profits Podcast. You're going to be hearing more from us soon. Six, my guy. Six, my guy. I appreciate you, man. You know how we do. You already know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anything you need to say before we get up out of here, dude? Nah, man. I appreciate the the link up again. We got, you know what I'm saying? We got to get the wheels rolling again and get back to, you know what I'm saying, full motion of what we do. You know what I'm saying? This was necessary. Yes, sir. Just let me know when you want to do it. I'll let you know when I'm available and we'll link up. You know what I'm saying? I always make the time. So, yes, sir. That's all it is to it, man. That's all it is to it. It's all about communication and presentation. So, for all those who are listening, you know how this ending goes. Remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in a driver's seat when it's taken. Be safe out there, people.